this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. our Great Prayers of the Bible series, we are going to explore Jonah's prayer today. Now, the entire book of Jonah won't take you long to read, and it really is an amazing story that is so relatable about the human experience. And I know that might sound strange to call a story that features a guy getting swallowed up by a big fish very relatable, but it's true. That that part of the story is frankly sort of the least interesting part of the story. It really is an amazing story. And here is Jonah's prayer that I want to read for you today. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish saying, I called to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I'm driven away from your sight. How shall I look again upon your holy temple? The waters closed in over me. The deep surrounded me. The weeds are wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God, as my life was ebbing away. I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who worship vain idols forsake their true loyalty. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. And then, in verse 10, it says, The Lord spoke to the fish, and it spewed Jonah out onto dry land. So, how did we get to this prayer from Jonah? I, with voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord, he says. Well, here's the thing. The Bible is full of calling stories. We see it again and again in Old Testament and New Testament. We think of the disciples, Jesus walking along the banks of the Galilee, and he says, come with me and I'll teach you how to fish for people. And those fishermen drop their nets and they go and they follow Jesus. Sometimes Jesus just gives an invitation that says, come and see, and people follow him. They leave everything and follow him. I think of Paul, who, who traveled seas and was shipwrecked and beaten and jailed, all to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. He went and endured so much. Even prayers that we've talked about over these last few weeks of Samuel hearing his voice called in the dark of night, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening, he prayed. Isaiah's prayer, here I am, send me. These are people who heard God's call and they went. People who answered God's call to faithfully serve and go. Jonah is not that guy. Jonah 
is the opposite of that guy. Let me tell you, if you've ever been listening to these calling stories in the Bible and sort of quietly thought to yourself, you know, I don't know if I would have dropped my nets and followed him. I think I might have been the type to stay in the boat right where I was. If you are hesitant, reluctant, skeptical, Jonah is your guy. Finally, a calling story for all of us chickens. This is Jonah. He has, he's called by God to give a warning to the people of Nineveh. And Jonah does not want to go. Frankly, he really wants to see Nineveh get what's coming to them. Nineveh were his enemies. The Christian writer Anne Lamont has this great quote about herself that I've always loved. She actually says about her own self, she says, I have thought such awful thoughts that I cannot even say them out loud because they would make Jesus want to drink gin straight out of the cat dish. Jonah is the champion for all of us that have heard God's call to take a higher road, and our first instinct is, no thank you, God. (laughs) No thanks. Jonah does not want to help those Ninevites. In fact, he doesn't like the Ninevites. He hates the Ninevites. It sort of reminds me of this sentiment sometimes you see with little kids when your kids are doing something and you just know they're going to get hurt. And so you tell them, you better cut that out or you're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to fall. Somebody's going to get hurt. And of course, they don't listen to you. And when the inevitable cries come of pain, there's that immediate voice within you that says, I told you so. It's not that you wanted them to be hurt. It's just there's a part of you that really likes to be right. (laughs) Jonah is our man. The Assyrians were enemies to the Israelites. They They had ravaged, destroyed, pillaged the northern kingdom of Israel. And Nineveh is a city, an Assyrian city. And so when God asked Jonah to go and to warn those no-good Ninevites that they need to change their ways, Jonah says, no, 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 no. In fact, he doesn't want to go there. He, I mean, just imagine, actually, if God were to ask you to help probably your most least favorite, most despised person in the world. That's what it was like for Jonah. He did not want to warn these Ninevites. So he buys this first ticket out of Dodge, and instead of heading to Nineveh like he was supposed to, he heads to Tarshish, and he gets on a boat. And during the boat, a big storm comes, and people, the crew becomes convinced that somebody is running away from God, and they toss Jonah over like some sort of sacrificial lamb into the ocean where he's immediately swallowed up by a big giant fish, and he has some time to think think we call this a wake-up call. And finally, while he is there in the midst of this fish, alive, he finally reluctantly prays this prayer. The waters have closed in over me. The deep surrounded me. Weeds are wrapped around my head. As my life is ebbing away, I remembered my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who worship idols forsake their loyalty But I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice. What I have vowed, I will pay. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. I will sacrifice to you 
What I have vowed, I will pay. This is the equivalent of someone throwing up their hands and saying, fine, I'll go, but I don't want to. In all these weeks of prayers that we have lifted up, create in me a clean heart, O God. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Here I am, send me. I wanted to make sure that we also heard a different kind of prayer. A prayer from someone who's been knocked down, spit out. A prayer from someone who didn't want to pray the prayer that took him a while to get there. Jonah didn't want to help those Ninevites. He is a reluctant prayer. This is a prayer of someone whose first instinct was to run and refuse to do what God asked him to do. Jonah didn't want to go. He didn't want to tell those good-for-nothing Ninevites to shape up, but he does. He goes to Nineveh. He tells them that they need to repent, that they need to change their ways. And what do you know? Those good-for-nothing Ninevites listen to him. They repent. They change their ways. And God has mercy on them. God has mercy. And does this make Jonah happy? No. He's even angrier now. He's so mad. He didn't get a chance to say, I told you so. He didn't get a chance to sit back on the hill and watch God's wrath come upon them. No, he's so angry. In fact, this is what he says. It says, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. Jonah says, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that your gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. Jonah says, I knew you'd do this, God. I knew you'd do this to me because you, you are. You're, you're, you're slow to anger and you're quick to mercy and you're abounding in love. I knew you would do this. He actually says to God, I would rather die now than see you give mercy to my enemies and let them live. This is someone who is dug in deep. <laughs> and the thing about the story of Jonah that I think is so hard to hear is that I don't think we can listen to this story without it inviting us to take a good long look at the mirror at our own selves, to look at that part within ourselves that loves, really loves to be right, that part within ourselves that needs our enemies to keep being our enemies because we have spent our lives defining ourselves against them. I may be many things, but at least I'm not one of those Ninevites. Jonah is forced to come face to face with a God who loves him and his enemies. And it's a hard pill for him to swallow. Church, we can't forget that we serve a God who is constantly calling us to step out of our comfort zones, to cross the roads for one another, 
to erase lines of division and hate that keep us apart from each other. As they say, people are really hard to hate up close. And it's true. We serve a God who invites us to get closer. We serve a God of second chances and mercy who keeps searching for us when we run the other way, who keeps calling us even when we are self-righteous and reluctant and holier than thou. That's our God. That's our God. Not every prayer that we pray comes with a heart of gratitude. Sometimes, as the preacher says, we pray through gritted teeth. And it's hard sometimes to pray a prayer for our enemies, to love the ones we want to hate. But some prayers, some prayers only come to us after we've tried really hard to run away from them, whether we've been knocked down or spit out. But don't ever forget that the same God who is quick to mercy and slow to anger for Nineveh is quick to mercy and slow to anger for you. Amen.